Hello, 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 and welcome back. We uh, have not completely disappeared. We we are still alive. <laughs> uh, this is Project 99. This is our longest hiatus since we started. Uh, I started a business. I know. That was, that's a big I know. thing. Your, your, your friends are teasing you now that you're like the man, you're the capitalist, but truthfully... <clears throat> You know, I don't think that money is evil as much as people's obsession and love of money is evil. And besides that, we're trapped in a capitalist society, so you kind of fucking have to work. I feel like my business couldn't be any more, like, fair, though, because I do auctions and everything I sell starts at $1. So truly, the market decides. And I pay my employees stupid good, so. Right. You know, there's that. So anyway, yeah, we're back. And, um... We had to move our studio, which we'd been talking about doing, but since Juke started the business, she literally crowded out her house, um, including the studio. (laughs) (laughs) We are now back at the original location, and we hope to go to video. We are testing it out tonight, so hopefully we can bring that episodes to you next time in video. And also, the up-and-coming midterms, we hope to do another live show like we did for the... um, presidential election because that was a hell of a lot of fun except so. for this time i'll be sober and will not be drinking uh <laughs> out of a bottle of jack daniels i mean well we were facing the prospect of trump being president for four years so i mean pretty much you could blame a good por- part of your alcoholism on that because i mean like the whole country i'm surprised didn't become alcoholics when he was bad. president it was bad so um speaking of trump we're not going to talk politics tonight necessarily but since we've been gone for so long um everybody's pretty much been keeping up with what's happening with january 6th and with um you know the raid on mar-a-lago and everything in the news so the only thing that i really feel like i need to to add to the conversation is that i hear a lot of liberals like super excited that trump might actually go to jail and i don't think that's ever going to happen but let's just have a democrat wet dream for a minute that trump does end up in an orange jumpsuit matching his orange skin in jail yeah not gonna be very good for his his, his complexion no i mean it's no you know there's no contrast there and you're wearing an orange crush shirt i just noticed um but the thing is if he goes to jail it's not like his movement's gonna die it's not like the people obsessed with him are going to suddenly just snap out of their, you know, um, whatever you want to call it. Delusion? Delusion, (laughs) right, yeah. (laughs) Their obsession with him. They're not going to, it's not going to change anything. In fact, it's probably going to make it worse. And the reason I say that is because, you know, most of our listeners know that I, I read a lot about the Third Reich and, you know, the, the different things leading up to, Hitler's rise to power. Yeah, listen, Hitler was already in jail once. Right, he wrote Mein Kampf <laughs> while he was in jail. Yeah. And, um... We knew that shit doesn't stop them. You know, Goebbels, um, his propaganda minister, was arrested several times, once for murder. A group of, um, his friends, they they murdered some, some people, and they, they more or less, like, got a very light sentence because the judge sided with them. It's kind of like what we're seeing now where, you know, if you're an insurrectionist and you get, like, a judge who's not a Trumpy, <laughs> you know, you're probably going to get a fair sentence. But if you're, a, I don't know, some of Trump's appointee judges have ruled in surprising ways. But 
um, basically the justice system becomes politicized like everything else. And, um, you know, Goebbels got away with, and his friends got away with basically murdering people. And so that only emboldens them. And if Trump went to jail, let's say he got a five-year sentence, and the whole time that he's in there, it's just going to rev his people up. And he's probably going to get out early. If he gets a five-year sentence, he'll probably do one year. And then he'll get out and he'll be like a martyr. You know what I'm saying? Like, Trump being arrested is not the end game. <laughs> I mean, people are acting like, oh, they're going to get him this time. They're going to arrest him. I'm like, so what? So what if he gets arrested and goes to prison? It's not going to stop what is happening in our country. The only thing that's going to stop it is people remembering their next door neighbor as a human being and we don't want to kill each other. Like that's the only thing that's going to stop this whole thing at this point is people stop being polarized to the point of violence. Like you can be, have heated arguments, debates, think your Trump loving neighbor is an idiot, think your Democrat is a whatever, a Satan worshiping <laughs> pedophile. I don't know, but like if people aren't killing each other, we can pretty much just go and settle our things at the election, you know, through elections. Um, but yeah, him getting arrested is not going to change anything. Yeah, I don't even think it's going to go that far, man. I mean, it's fitting that we're talking about this on 9-11. Right. I mean, you know. Ain't nobody ever held accountable for shit. No, exactly. That talk is about, true. Talk about 9-11. Talk about Iran-Contra. I mean, fucking any CIA thing that's been blown out of the water. Ain't nobody right. ever held accountable. No. And then, God forbid, well, like, I mean, look at JFK people, when he held the CIA accountable. Yeah. <laughs> Some people go to jail. <laughs> some people go to jail. Like some of the underlings go to jail, but it never stops. It never gets to the top. You nah, know what I mean? No, nah, it never does. It never gets to the top. You get your Ollie Norths, but uh, yeah, big dogs never go down. Mm-mm. This never happens. And they just keep boomeranging back from like administration to administration. You know what I mean? They just keep coming back. We'll see what happens to the Republican Party, though. I guess that's what my I'm interested to see if uh, you know. After all this Trump shit blows over, I mean, it would be interesting if they could charge him with a felony, even if he never spent any time in jail, because then he couldn't run for president again. Um, right. And I wonder if that's part of the, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, well, I, I, I wa- saw I today a news article about um, Peter, s- sorry, Peter Navarro, who was one of Trump's biggest bootlickers and probably still is, um, wrote a book talking about this big split in the in the in the household i guess where um in the run-up to the election like probably may or june they decided that um trump's only chance of winning was if kushner was out all of trump's like what they all wanted bannon steve bannon in there and uh they wanted to fire kushner and um brad pascal who was his campaign manager they wanted to fire him. All of all of Trump's devotees, like his hardcores, wanted Jared out and they wanted Bannon in. So there was this big split. And so Trump agreed that Jared should be kicked out because he told him, like, you're not going to win if Jared's running your campaign. We need we need Steve Bannon. And um, so Trump was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you go fire him because <laughs> he wouldn't even fire his own son-in-law like he was afraid. Shit. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm interested to see what the Republican Party is going to do now. If they're going to keep clinging on to this Trump thing or if they're going to be like, all right, we got to knock the shit off. Yeah. Who do you think is going to run? I was I was actually reading a couple weeks ago, a week or two ago, about who the um, 
you know, predicted Democratic Democrat candidate. nominees are mm-hmm. going to be. And, uh, of course, Kamala Harris, I think, it's going to be their number one to run with. Which That's is a, a disaster. It's a fucking mistake, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I thought, uh, I said Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg for sure is going to run. No doubt in my mind, he'll run again. And then maybe like Cory Booker. Don't you think the DNC is going to be like, um, no, we anoint Joe Biden though? What do you mean? Like um, the, the Democratic National Committee can just say, well, we're going to support the incumbent president. We're I don't think Joe Biden wants else. to run again. I don't think he's going to. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wants to. And I don't think he's going to. I think that's why he picked Kamala Harris. Hmm. I think they were already planning their second term when he picked her as vice president, if I, if I had Possible, to guess. Possible, but she's never going to win. Oh, no, she's fucking awful. People don't like her. I was really excited about it when, uh, you know, when Joe Biden won. I wasn't really interested in him at all, but I was really excited to see, um, you know, how she would do with the position. Mm-hmm. And um, just fucking awful. <laughs> she's done absolutely fucking awful. Mistakes were made. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I think for sure Kamala Harris and uh, Pete Buttigieg were on. Maybe Cory Booker, one of those other one-offs. Grandstanders. But uh, I was reading that when they were polling people, that lots of people want Bernie Sanders to run again. Oh, my God. And he said that he would if Joe Biden doesn't run. Oh, And I was God. like, what? Bernie's talking about fucking running again. And it's, like, crazy. Like, you think, like, oh, he was too old or whatever. But I'm like, he's the same age as Joe Biden. So, right. I mean, it's no crazier than Biden running again. I mean, it's Bernie's like, like the Dalai Lama, though. Like, he needs to be like the Dalai Lama. Like, bro, you need to pick someone else before you die. <laughs> because <laughs> I know. they can't die with you. Like, you need to tell us. And you know what's sad is, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that was going to be AOC. But uh, AOC's a fucking disappointment, too. I'm so disappointed. Did you see her know. little stunt she, where she went out to her little protest and she's like, I got arrested. And I'm like, walking with your hands behind your back is not being arrested, you dumb bitch. Like, what are you talking about? You're so, why are you so performative now? I thought you were going to be cool, but nah. I'm like, you are saying you got arrested and walking with your hands behind your back. Like, nobody should even say your name in the same sentence as Bernie Sanders, who literally got drug away and arrested Mm -hmm. during protests. Like, you're you're a fucking disgrace. I can't. I'd like to see Nina Turner. That'd be cool. Our party is pretty pretty bad shape. Well, I don't even say our party because um, I don't consider myself. I don't claim those people. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm actually a leftist. But anyway, so that brings us to our topic. Well, what what do you what do you think about Republicans? Who do you think is going to run? Oh my god! I think DeSantis. I think for sure DeSantis, Ted Cruz. um, You think Governor Abbott Abbott of Texas, Rubio. like, they're all going to fucking go for it again, I oh, think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And if uh, Trump's got a felony under his belt, Don Jr. might try it. Mm. God, talk about incompetent. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you and Jeb Bush tried to run. <laughs> but even the Republicans were like, nah. I mean, but Jeb he's, Bush he's at least has been in government. He's got the name. Think. Don Jr.'s got the name, but that's all he has. He has no charisma. People don't oh like my, him. No, they don't like him. I watched a deposition where they were asking him basically like he worked for the Trump organization at the time of this lawsuit and they asked him like what his position was and he's like, Oh, I don't know. I guess it probably says on my paycheck. <laughs> Stiff just he just sounded like Beavis and Butthead in this deposition. He looks like him too. He didn't even know like who who signed I mean, who who he worked. I mean, it was just it was horrible and yeah. I'm like, Wow. This guy's completely an idiot. But um But anyway. 
Yeah. So the reason we, what we wanted to talk about tonight is, um, you know, Labor Day was recently and, um, somebody had asked me to bake a cake for a Labor Day picnic they were having. And I was thinking to myself, like, okay, well, I mean, what do you bake for a Labor Day cake? (laughs) Because, I mean, it's like we're celebrating workers, right? I mean, myself, I might do like a hammer and a sickle. or I told her to put a fist, a closed fist on it. A closed fist or... Um, like Rosie the Riveter or something like I this is these are the ideas that are coming into my mind and the person that I was baking the cake for said you know well, I was thinking a flag <laughs> and everybody that I asked like what do you think I should make for a Labor Day cake and they were like well probably something red white and blue and I was like yeah because people just treat Labor Day as a second Memorial, Memorial Day. Day right I don't exactly. know why. I don't know if it's lack of education on what the holiday is actually about, which disappoints me that West Virginia of all states that we don't drill it into people what Labor right. Day is about. But they never taught us shit about Labor Day in school. Right. It's like the last day you're allowed to wear white or something. They're like, oh, we'll give uh, we'll give all the kids in school Labor Day off. That way we don't have to tell them what it's about. Oh, my God. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, what the fuck is that too? Why, why, aren't, why aren't you supposed to wear white after Labor This is the bad thing. I don't know. This is the bad thing. So, I actually Googled Labor Day cake, and you know what came up? Fucking flags. Oh, it's everywhere. It's like everything was like fucking patriotic, like 4th of July shit for for Labor Day. And I was like, wait a minute. Something is not right here. So, anyhow, uh, this bothered me because I'm like, this is not what Labor Day is about. And we've completely forgotten our history of the labor movement in our country, obviously. And if you were going to corrupt Labor Day into some other fucking holiday, like, you could do Easter. You could fucking have eggs again for Labor Day. Because, I mean, at least a chicken has to labor to fucking produce the <laughs> egg. I mean... <laughs> You know, you could do Christmas because fucking elves go labor. I mean, all I'm saying is like the 4th of July and Memorial Day are the worst two fucking holidays to collude with or not collude to um, whatever confuse with Labor Day. Why? Because because America always sided with the corporations, right? One. I mean, that's the point. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of how I thought of it. The stars and bars have been the symbol of brutality to fucking workers in this country and in other countries all around the world. See, you should have baked a black cake and then iced it with your little flag on top and then hid little tiny baby dolls inside of it. And then when people cut into this black cake and they found little plastic baby dolls, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, I would be like, those are dead children's bodies in collapsed coal mines. That would Happy have been, Labor Day. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? That would have been fucking great. And they would have been like, what the fuck? And we'd be like, yeah, look, we pretty it up and pretend like, woo. And then here is the gross reality. That is, uh, that's what I'm doing <laughs> next cake Labor philosophy Day. now. That is what I'm doing for next Labor Day. I swear to God. I'm going to take it to fucking work. And I'm going to show everybody this is a collapsed coal mine and there's dead children inside. That's a, gr- that's a fucking great idea. Ah, uh, dead baby cake. Where were you last week when I needed a dead baby cake idea? Yeah. Um, 
So anyways, we were just going to talk about some of the instances in U.S. history where the government, the government, the red, white, and blue fucking government murdered fucking people for wanting safe working conditions, murdered fucking people for wanting an eight-hour work day, for not wanting child labor, okay? People were murdered because they wanted these things. And we take them for granted now. It's like, oh, okay, sitting there waiting for the end of your eight-hour day or your even your 10-hour day. By you, uh, you know, or in my brother's old workplace, apparently, uh, you know, sitting in your in your office chair with your feet kicked up, bitching about um, other places being union workplaces. <laughs> I, I can't mean, believe how many people like, oh, I'm going to clock out at five o'clock and then talk shit on unions. I'm like, bruh. Right. Bruh, what are you talking about? So these aren't any kind of order, but um, I got I found most of these on Listverse. So number 10 is the Great Railroad Strike. Um, this was in July of 1877, sorry. It was in Martinsburg, Virginia, and the the workers, railway workers, were protesting because um, they had three pay cuts in one year, and um, so the workers disrupted rail operations and, uh, you know, basically stopped the railroad, the train traffic from going on, and other railway workers were like, hey, we should support that, and so they also went on strike. So it spread to multiple states, Maryland, New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Missouri. Um, and it was actually the first national strike in U.S. history. So obviously the railway wasn't going to pop with this bullshit. And um, within six days, the Maryland National Guard troops um, confronted the workers in Baltimore and opened fire on them. And they killed 11 people and wounded 40. So, let's think about this for a second. We talk about mass shootings in our country. Everybody's all been about oh, mass shootings, which I'm not saying they shouldn't be. But it's shocking that this isn't more of a, of a focus of the history that we teach in school. That our government, troops murdered workers asking for humane treatment this is just unbelievable you know when you stop and think about the whole premise of the constitution is it's a country by the people for the people um since fucking when because you know you got the government here who's collecting taxes from people to exist supposedly gaining its authority from the consent of the governed, do you think that these people being governed by the government consented to the government murdering them? I mean, it's an absolute mockery of what the United States is supposed to be about. But again, it's the, it's the age of oligarchy. This was the age of oligarchy, of the Carnegies, of the, you know, the, the uh, Rockefellers, the, the super ultra rich families that, that basically owned the government. And in all of these instances we're going to read about here, um, well, not all of them, but a lot of them, the companies, the railroads and the coal mines hired private companies first, the Baldwin Felts and other thugs to 
attack the workers, harass them, beat them, um, terrorize them. And they used other methods like starving them because they could only buy their food with, with scrip. They didn't get paid money. They only got paid these fake money that, that, the, that they had to buy everything from the, from, the, from the coal mine. So they could literally cut off your food, throw you out of your house. And it was completely 100% abusive to the workers, this whole system. And yet that was supported by the United States government. And we're not talking about one corrupt official or what. This was a systematic use of the United States Armed Forces military against its own people. And um, I just don't understand why this isn't more uh, in the forefront today because people are taking so for granted everything that these people fought and died for so that we can turn around and end up as, as serfs again. Because if we allow, you know, the oligarchy to continue in this country to get out of control like it is right now, we're going to go back to those days. Well, this entire rant is going to sound super nihilistic and awful, but this is my take on it, right? Because it doesn't surprise me at all that people uh, don't value Labor Day, don't celebrate it correctly, and don't know anything about it. Because um, I just feel like everything we celebrate in this country, I don't know. I, f I feel like when I stand back and I watch people and I watch what we do, America's culture as a whole really isn't based on anything except for what companies sell to us. We have, right. we have, no, we have no culture. That we're really conspicuous consumers, right? We 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 have nothing that we actually hold true and dear to us. Um, I watch people go through the motions and why they do things, and and even when people are you know on quote unquote my side of things, they're not even genuine about it. It's just like the majority of people just repeat whatever is being force fed to them from whatever they're subscribing to right now, mm -hmm. or whatever's popular or in right now. Mm -hmm. um, there's just no f there's no thought. There's no deeper reflection about it. I mean, I mean nothing. We're just told this is what it is, and that's that's what people take Pick as your acceptable, product, right? I mean, that's it. Mm -hmm. And it's sad, but um, you know, I was thinking that a couple of weeks ago, when I don't know, people were bickering about something online, and I was like, "Do you understand that the argument you're making is hypocritical to other arguments that you make?" And it's and it was people on the left, mm -hmm. and I'm like, "If you truly." ethically believed the one thing you're preaching mm -hmm. you would understand how those morals are compromised by this other thing you're saying right, exactly but you don't see the the complete cognitive dissonance in that because you're just repeating exactly what what figureheads are saying mm -hmm. so i'm like even though you're on the left you you disgust me just as much as that because your your inability to be genuine about like and you logically didn't, consistent you yeah you didn't sit down and think you know what morally and ethically these things line up with me and i'm going to apply these things in my life you're just following what is the in the circle mm -hmm. right now right and that's terrifying because it mm -hmm. it goes everywhere and whatever's popular is going to be what these people follow right. and you know we're like but we're like that with everything that's i mean what ask, gets me, ask like, anybody I... on the street like well, why do you celebrate this holiday why do you do that they have no ties to that it's just because that's what they're that's what they're supposed to do mm -hmm. we're supposed to do so labor day is the new memorial day and everybody just goes along with that because that's what we're supposed to do. Like Walmart's selling yeah. red, white, and blue stuff. Therefore, that must mean mm -hmm. Labor Day is now an American holiday. It has nothing to do with anything else. Like, and they just, just fucking go yeah. through the motions of that.
it, it's fucking bizarre. It is. And it's so crazy that, like I said, it got lumped in with Memorial Day and, and Fourth of July and patriotic holidays because it's so <laughs> antithetical to what actually happened in history. I mean, it's like the it's same just, thing with Christmas. How did Christmas and the basis of what it's about suppo- become such a mass selfish consumerist holiday? Well, that's like, a whole other episode. And, and like, what the fuck is Santa Claus? <laughs> like, Coca-Cola created that. So, I mean, it's the same thing. Labor Day yeah. has just been overtaken by, Well, like, everything is commercialized. But right. what I'm saying you is that... You can't commercialize rights for workers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, I mean, you could celebrate historical aspects of it. But it's just... it's. I guess it's not glamorous enough or it's not, jing- it's not catchy enough. There's no money not, to be made on it. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's very depressing. But anyway, so... On this uh, rail- railway worker strike, the first national strike. So, um, the Maryland National Guard killed 11 and wounded 40. And over the next couple of days, Pennsylvania National Guard killed 40-some workers in Pittsburgh, firing upon crowds and bayonetting the strikers. Bayonetting them. That's fucking brutal shit right there. Um and also, federal troops killed as many as 18 in St. Louis. Um, violence continued. 30 were killed in Chicago, 8 in New York. And by the end of the strike, more than 100 people had been killed by cops, National Guard, and federal soldiers. So, that's insane. Okay. Then, um, number nine is the Bayview Massacre, which was in 1886. Um, so this got started because a very, there was a lot of support nationwide for like, um, you know, if one place went on strike, other workers felt like we have to be in solidarity with them. So, um, this was a, in 1886, this was a 200,000 working class people started a nationwide campaign. Well, in Milwaukee, there were about 1200 people, 12,000 people, sorry, that got together and said, "Hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna march. We're gonna shut down all the factories in Milwaukee, and we're gonna, you know, support this nationwide strike." Um, so, fifteen hundred strikers mobilized to march on the mills and encourage the workers to join on the strike. And this was in, um, well, this was also in Chicago, Milwaukee, and Chicago. So, um, the governor, whose name was Jeremiah Rusk called in the National Guard troops to end the strike. And um, they basically, again, opened fire on the strikers and killed 15, including a 13-year-old boy. So um, that was that uh, strike. And then there's this one, uh, the Moorwood Massacre. This was in 1891. And this involved um, coal miners, coke oven operators, who basically stopped working. And this was in Pennsylvania. Um, it was organized by the United Mine Workers. You know what's crazy, as I was just thinking um, and reading about, is that you're talking about, like, the 1880s. Mm-hmm. But you think just, like, 20 years previous. We're talking, like, Civil War times. Mm-hmm. Where they also used, um, you know... I don't know if it was the National Guard or if it was just straight up the Army. Uh, but the the New York draft riots 
happened. Um, which is also a fucking atrocity against working class people because working class people were drafted, mm-hmm. but rich people could pay to not be to drafted. Not be drafted, right? And they rioted over that, and people were killed. Well, sure, you're cannon fodder. That's yeah. what you are. So we have that in the in the sixties. Twenty years later, workers are still being mistreated um, and killed by people. And then I was also thinking, even even as far as almost a hundred years later. You have people protesting the Vietnam War and and fucking I mean look at Kent State National Guard mm-hmm. again, fucking yeah. murdering people for fucking you know protesting, protesting. almost a right. hundred years later. So I mm-hmm. mean America loves shooting. You see, I mean it's it's so funny that we're like you know conservatives are always bitching about Democrats getting in power and then oh they're gonna do this and do that and I'm like bro that would literally be on par with America to just like use our own military against people. Especially sure. to, like, keep working class people in line. Like, you think Democrats are going to... Like, that's just America. That's not even right. a party thing. Like... No. Anyway, sorry. No, because some of these were Democrats, although we do have to recognize that... There was a big switch there. was there, a big yeah. switch between the conservatives and liberals and Democrats or Republicans or whatever, but... So, um, yeah, this was in 1891, and it was in Pennsylvania. There were 10,000 Coke oven operators and miners that all halted work. Um... It was organized by United Mine Workers. And so there were some negotiations going on. Um, basically, they were talking about wanting a living wage. Imagine that, a living wage. Here we are, all these years later, still talking about a living wage. Um, so about a 1,000 striking workers did damage some property and destroy some Coke ovens um, as part of their protest, which, okay, damaged property. But in response, the Pennsylvania governor, Robert Pattison, um, ordered in the National Guard troops. And um, the troops opened fire on the unarmed workers. Seven men were killed. And when that didn't stop the strike, um, the the operator of the mine um, brought in 100 strike breakers to beat and harass the strikers. And basically, they never did accomplish what they set out to do because they basically were just being starved to death and beaten and they didn't get anywhere. So that brings us to the Pullman strike. This was a really big strike in 1894 um, by the recently formed American Railway Union and they went on strike against the Pullman Company in Chicago. And um, they basically wanted, you know, union recognition and fair wages and, and decent working hours. Um, and like it said before, you know, when they went on strike, a lot of other railway workers, um, across the country went on strike in solidarity with them. So in June, President Grover Cleveland mobilized a massive force of thousands of U.S. Marshals and 12,000 regular U.S. Army troops, which, okay, what about posse comitatus were? (laughs) You know, you're not supposed to use the military against civilians. What the fuck happened there? Um, And they were deployed across Nebraska, Iowa, Colorado, Oklahoma, and California and Illinois. And um, more than 30 workers were gunned down by state and federal troops, and many more were wounded. So that was that one. Then we have the Latimer Massacre. and this was involved, this was in August of 1897, the Wilkes-Barre Coal Company um, laid off miners from the Latimer Mine near Hazleton, Pennsylvania. And um, basically they were protesting 
um, because of cost-cutting measures that basically put them in danger, made their work even more dangerous. I mean, mind you, coal mining back then was extremely dangerous as it was, but, you know, when they cut costs, it, it made it only more dangerous. And um, so this workforce um, was unique. Well, I wouldn't say unique, but um, it, it kind of was um, characterized by the fact that there was a lot of immigrants um, in this particular strike, there were uh, Polish people and Slavics and uh, Slovak and Lithuanian um, people. So basically, there were about 10,000 workers on strike, and um, they were trying to negotiate their, their wages and, and whatnot. Um, but then the, the talks fell apart, and um, the local sheriff... Um, was called upon to basically put an end to the strike. So um, Sheriff Martin um, organized a posse of basically just thugs <laughs> on September 10th. And um, when they came face-to-face -face with the unarmed coal miners, the sheriff said, shoot the sons of bitches, and they opened fire, and they killed 19 of them. Uh, many of them were shot in the back. As they were running away. So that was a Latimer massacre. And then we come up to the Chicago Teamster strike of 1905. Montgomery Ward Department Store went on strike in Chicago. Chief complaint was that the owner um, subcontracted non-union workers. Probably just to pay them less, right? Um, and the Teamsters were a pretty strong union. So... Um, you know, they, they had a lot of um, force behind them. And, um, of course, they they called in the Teamsters, which is not government, but just, um, I'm sorry, they called in strike breakers against the Teamsters Union. And um, 20 workers were killed and f more than 400 were injured in that incident. And this one I think we've talked about on here before. This is a picture of what I believe is Mother Jones. Um, talking to a crowd of of uh, coal miners, a Paint Creek cabin strike um, in West Virginia. But this was April 18, 1912. West Virginia coal miners at Cabin Creek under the banner United Mine Workers went on strike. And, um, you know, this was a pretty long-lasting um, strike. They first brought in the um, strike breakers to try and, you know, busted up but when that didn't work um 10 months late uh, 10 months on the the uh, the baldwin baldwin felts which was a company that was used to um come in and bust up they were basically hired guns to come in and, and uh you know break the strikes when that hadn't worked after 10 months the kanawha county sheriff um bonner hill and a group of the detectives um brought a heavily armed weaponized train <laughs> and assaulted the strikers camp with high-powered rifles and machine guns so um fucking pinkertons yeah so 50 <laughs> workers were killed in that one and many many wounded and uh then later on many died from starvation disease and causes related to the conditions in the strikers camp it's just funny too thinking about that um you know, 
Pinkertons because you know Pinkertons started as like basically a private police force right and basically they just went after people that were like burglars and thieves and bank robbers mm-hmm. until they started bashing up people for the labor movement well that's what so, it is when you I have mean, mercenaries they're just paid right they're just paid for their violence this they're is paid the thing to that, do whatever the people need to, to realize when they blindly salute the police right and i get accused of hating the police all the time and it's not that but i also know the history of police and police-like groups mm-hmm. you know i would like to think you know which i know i go on this rant all the time and i won't go off on it now but um you know i always say I like captain america because captain america was like what america sh- their army should have stood for mm-hmm. but they're not they're just hired mercenaries right because captain america always has these morals well i think the same way about the police mm-hmm. like if they were really ethical and moral and they you know had judgments that were for the betterment of society. Mm-hmm. That would be one thing. But they're not. They're just paid mercenaries. <laughs> That's it. It's just, you know, when, when they're only going after certain people, we're like, oh, as a society, we accept this. But it's like the second that, if the city decided today, you know what I mean, we're going to arrest everyone that makes less than $80,000 a year. And the police carry that out. Like, mm-hmm. you're the fucking criminal now. And like well, see, people just think like, oh, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. But it's just like, you should always know that the cop that you're saluting would absolutely take orders that would arrest you regardless of what you're, if what you're doing is wrong or not, because they follow orders. And like, there have been cases in history where sheriffs and different authority figures that have been ordered to do things that were against the majority or the working class mm-hmm. were like, no, fuck that. And those people should be commended. But for the most part, they just fucking fall in line. <laughs> Well, I mean, it kind of depends, too, like, when you think about the civil rights movement, because the law enforcement and the governors and whatnot in the South were just like, yeah, we're not we're not integrating our schools, so fuck you guys. Right. And the president had to send the National Guard down there to make sure the civil rights of individuals were protected. So in some cases, sending in the federal troops or sending in, you know, the um, state police over a corrupt sheriff, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's kind of like... It can go either way. It just depends on who's who's corrupting what or who's on what side. I mean, back then, basically, the oligarchs had all the money. And all you needed to have a private military to be like the Eric or, uh, the Eric Prince of, of the 1800s was to be Rockefeller and say, okay, well, I have money to buy like a, my own fucking army. Right. So I can just ride my private army through a fucking mine camp and open machine gun fire. Who's going to arrest me? I'm a Rockefeller. You know what I mean? Like, once your oligarchy gets out of control and they have money to basically arm their own military, you're fucked. You're totally fucked. And I just don't know why people don't realize how very thin that line is between, you know... um, People with money and firearms, like it doesn't take much when you have, you know, Jeff Bezos's money to form your own little um, military organization. Like it wouldn't really take very much at all. All terrorist cells are funded from somewhere. You know what I mean? I mean, look what happened on January 6th. And that was just kind of a throw together from a bunch of people collecting a bunch of money and getting a bunch of people riled up and providing them with hotel rooms and it didn't take very much to get that 
attack on a seat of our government to happen. That shit didn't take very much. Like, what do you think would happen if the laws that we have right now that we consider to be our safeguards for a civil society just fucking break down? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, it's going to be whoever's got the most money, the most guns, the most ammo. And that's why all these right-wing nutbags are always prepping all the time because they want that to happen because they think they've prepped enough now that they can just take over your shit. Like, they want it to happen. They want all the laws to just disappear so they can go back to the days of the Wild West because they think that they're going to do better in that system than they do under the one right now where we all just got to basically go to work, pay our bills, (laughs) have a normal life, struggle. Um, They don't want all that. They, they just want to be able to do whatever they want to do. And this is what I'm saying. Go back and look at the time in history where those conditions existed and ask yourself, would you want to fucking live like that? Because I know I wouldn't. So number three on the list is the Ludlow Massacre. And this one got a lot of press because um, it was in Ludlow, Colorado. And... Um, Colorado was one of the worst states for coal mining. It was really, the death rate was like twice as high as it was anywhere else in the country. And so um, the United Mine Workers um, were organizing to basically get union recognition and to make, um, you know, goals, set goals for like workplace safety to lower the number of, incredible number of deaths of coal miners out there. And these companies running these coal mines didn't give a shit about how many bodies they tossed up topside to get the job done. They didn't fucking care. Okay, it was all just about making money, making money, making money. Um, I mean, the fact that they put children in the mines tells you that. But um, so this was the Colorado Fuel and Iron Company that w- that owned and operated these coal mines, and. Near the coal mines were these camps where basically people lived in these tents. And um, so when the strike happened, the uh, company hired the Baldwin Felt again to harass the strikers in the camps. So what they would do is they would drive by at night and they would shine floodlights into the camp. Sometimes they would randomly open fire on the tents and they maim people, kill people, whatever, just to, just to terrorize them to basically into obedience. And then, um, eventually the governor Elias Amons ordered the national guard to move into the area. And, um, the miners at first hoped that the arrival of the militia would kind of calm the violence down because they, most of the violence was coming from the Baldwin Felts. And they thought, look, once the government's get gets here, you know, the National Guard, they'll realize, like, these people are harassing us, attacking us, shooting at us. Like, they'll realize, like, this terrible thing that's going on, but really that's not what happened. The militiamen were on the side of, of course, the company. So, um, on the morning of April 20th, 1914, 1,000 men, women, and children were getting ready for their day and machine gun fire ripped through the camp. I mean, just envision that. You know, these people are struggling, doing the hardest, most dangerous work you can imagine to try to feed their families. They're living in tents. And the government comes in and machine guns them. 
machine guns now. Like that's that's insane. So that initial um, attack left 13 people dead. And then the leader of the strike was lured out to try and make some kind of peace, um, negotiate some kind of peace deal or truce. And the National Guard executed him. <laughs> so the next night, um, the, the militia and the strike breakers went back to the camp and just went through with torches and set the, the camp on fire because the tents were made of probably canvas. And they just took torches and they just rode in and just lit the just one tent to the next, just setting them on fire. And um, one worker making his way through the camp the next day found the burned bodies of two women and 11 children. And one of them, it doesn't say in this article, but there were several small children and one was a little baby. And um, they had inside these tents because they were oftentimes the, the, the target of these drive-by shootings of the Baldwin Felts, they <clears throat> they would dig into the earth and make these little cubbies where they could hide from the gunfire. Trenches, basically. Trenches, yes. Living, mm-hmm. like, trench warfare. <clears throat> and, um... <clears throat> Quite literally class warfare. <coughs> right. No over-exaggeration about right. the word warfare. <laughs> when you have people... Hiding in trenches, women and children hiding in trenches on American soil <clears throat> from American right. forces. So when they would set fire to the tents and the people ran out, they would shoot them. So it's believed that these women had the children in this little cubby they dug out, hiding from the gunfire, and the the tent gets set on fire on top of them. So that actually, that incident, and there was... By the end, there was about 200 people that got killed from that um, that incident. <clears throat> and um, it got a lot of press. And I think that um, it started to turn the tide of people's minds as to what was being done, you know, to workers. Because we take these things for granted today that, yeah, I mean, people should have safe working conditions. People should have, you know, um, a, a living wage. People should have uh, safety. And children shouldn't be working. And, you know, we, we kind of take all those things for granted. But back then, some people believed that if you asked for a decent pay or if you asked for safe working conditions, well, you were just being um, ungrateful. The company gave you a job. They're letting you feed yourself. Like, there and was that, a that mentality that. still exists today. And it does. It does exist today. But I think in the light of, you know, when the smoke cleared from this Ludlow incident, I think people across the country were like, dude, this is just too much. You know, just too much. Um, and then there was uh, the Battle of Blair Mountain, which we've talked about just multiple times because this happened in uh, Logan County, West Virginia. Um, Local coal miner operators uh, wanted to prevent miners from forming a union, and so they brought in again the Baldwin Felts. This was in 1920. Um, 
And uh, as the Baldwin Felts went through the town of Matwan, the locals, um, along with the police chief, Sid Hatfield, yes, it's the Hatfield McCoys, <laughs> Um, and numerous armed miners had arrived and there was a confrontation um, and seven Baldwin Feltz agents ended up dead. So Sid Hatfield became a hero to the working people because, um, you know, he didn't take the side of the Baldwin Feltz against the, the workers. And then um, there was a protracted um, dispute that went on after that. Miners there sabotaged equipment when um, they went on strike and um, the owners continued to fire people, evict people, bring in new workers, and it went on back and forth and back and forth. Um, and then Sid Hatfield was eventually murdered by two of the Baldwin Feltz agents, um, by two of the brothers of the Baldwin Feltz agents who'd been killed. So... Um, Anyways, at the end, um, this became like the largest conflict since the Civil War because um, a lot of the miners took up arms and decided that, you know, they weren't going to be confronted with these um, basically hired guns, thugs, and not be armed. So, um, you know, they basically got their own army together and um like i said it was the largest armed insurrection since the civil war and then the logan county sheriff um who was basically owned by the coal mines um was given money to get a private military force to stop the workers and um they set up on blair mountain and um you know there was a shootout and uh, President Harding eventually ordered federal troops to move in on the area. And um, no lie, deployed M1 bombers against the striking workers. So, um, you know, they had surplus army muni uh, munitions and uh, leftover from World War One that they used on the workers. And that's coming from the President of the United States um, sending federal troops with bombers against coal miners. <laughs> it's just, um, and a hundred strikers were uh, killed in that conflict. But um, the last one on here is called the Memorial Day Massacre. It happened in Cleveland to steel workers who went on strike. Um, the U.S. Steel Corporation um, they wanted union recognition, eight-hour workday, and better pay. Like, these aren't crazy things that they were asking for. Um, but they did a work stoppage, and um, the Steelworkers Organizing Committee, SWOC, and the Congress of Industrial Organizations, the CIO, which later become part of the AFL-CIO, um, basically 1,500 workers went on strike, and... Um, they were going to march to the non-union Republic Steel Mill in protest. So when they got to the gates of the mill, they were unarmed, peaceful crowd, which included women and children, and they were met by 250 armed Chicago policemen who were 
provisioned and paid for by Republic Steel. <laughs> so these are policemen, but they're like basically hired out. They're rented out by the company. Imagine your tax dollars going to train people to protect you and then they just use exactly. their skills and equipment to murder I mean, some you. people feel like that today, right? I mean, no, they should. Um, so, but without provocation, the assembled policemen fired over 100 shots into the crowd, killing 10 and wounding more than 100. Um, and most of them were shot in the back. Um, no officer was ever indicted for shooting the protesters. I mean, that was really pretty much commonplace that these uh, companies that hired people to brutalize, <coughs> attack, shoot, stab, beat, set on fire, like they were never prosecuted for anything that they did. Um, so uh, it says it was centered in Cleveland and strike was gradually defeated with Chicago being the only um, violent incident during the entire work stoppage. But it says the massacre of Chicago workers and the strike brought national attention to the plight of the steel workers, and five years later they won national, um, they won union recognition and fulfillment of their other demands. So, basically, you know, humane treatment of workers in our country was um, obtained through a war, an ongoing labor war that was fought literally people being beaten, bludgeoned, shot, burned, um, you know, starved, the worst things you can imagine to get human rights for workers in our country. And, you know, we are taught from grade school to respect our veterans because the veterans go and fight for our freedoms and fight for our, you know, <clears throat> our country and what the Constitution is supposed to stand for. So we're supposed to respect that, but yet we literally forget about the workers. And that's what labor Well, day. not only that, too, but you talk, you know, we're talking end of the, you know, 1890s, early 1900s, and... It was like the 20s or 30s um, when the when they used the army. Uh, they used MacArthur and fucking streets of tanks to break up the protests that were going on. Um, during the Great Depression, veterans were promised all this right. money. The they bonus had the, the bonus army, army yeah. Mm -hmm. And they uh, basically just solved those problems. Uh, thank you for your service. And now we're going to use our tanks against you. Mm -hmm. uh, get the fuck out of here. And open fire on them to and get them off the White House lawn. Yes. Yep. So it's not just workers. Um, it's basically anyone who just won't fall in line for right. your corporate overlord. I mean, but they wanted they wanted paid. Right. They wanted they their wanted. bonus pay. So, I mean, it was workers in a sense. They were military workers. They were soldiers. But they were promised pay, and they never got their pay. And they protested. That one gets me the most, though, because I'm just like, yeah. how did those motherfuckers... Veterans against Fire. veterans. Veterans against veterans. Mm -hmm. Like you, slimy some bitch. Mm -hmm. Well, you no, know, no fucking moral regard in yeah. that at all. Every single soldier that stood out there and fired upon a fellow fucking veteran yeah. who wanted nothing more than the money yep. he was promised when he put his fucking life on the line, which in today's money equaled out to be like I don't know, not even ten grand, yeah. not even ten thousand yep. dollars. You're gonna fucking murder a man who laid his fucking life down. 
Mm-hmm. It's just disgusting. When you're doing the same fucking thing. Like, that could be you tomorrow, you idiot. I know. It just makes no makes fucking no sense. sense. Yeah. I mean, and I think the same way about people today when they when they bitch and argue about unions. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of propaganda has been fed to you. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ, do you hear yourself? And it's you crazy. It's people defending? that are in union jobs. It's people who are making their living in a union job, getting a good wage, who will sit there and tell you, the unions are corrupt. And I'm like, what are you even, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, baby, no. <laughs> I don't know who you've been listening to. <laughs> I mean, it's just wild. It's astounding. You know? But yeah, the bonus army, um, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, Smedley Butler and the whole thing, Smedley Butler thing was that... Mm-hmm. He was a general, and there was a group of people in the country who literally wanted to turn the United States into a fascist regime. And um, they thought they would get him to do it because he had support of a lot of the veterans because he supported them over that. You know, the uh, he, he supported a lot of the veterans during that time. And so they were like, oh, we'll get him and... You can't, you know, overthrow a government without the support of the military. So we'll get him on our side and he'll get the soldiers on our side and we can do a coup. Only he, like, was like, nah. And, like, ratted him out to Congress and shit. <laughs> but again, nothing ever happened to them either. They're literally trying to plot a coup to overthrow the United States government and turn it into a fascist regime. And nothing happened to any of the people that plotted it. But, um, yes, Medley Butler, one of the... Um, Least known heroes in America <laughs> saved us from becoming Nazi Germany. Yeah, I was just thinking too because I made that example of, um, you know, it's it's not about law enforcement. I say that all the time. It's not. It's not. Uh, I, I hate when people are just like, oh, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that's like all cops are bastards because it's like mm-hmm. I just feel like that's a fucking cliche. And yet again, falls into another one of those categories of people who just repeat shit. Mm-hmm. They have really no idea what they're fucking talking about. You know what I mean? They haven't. They haven't thought at all about it they just they just repeat it because it's what everybody else is saying um but that's my problem with law enforcement is that i don't know who you're loyal to right is it your community or is it your boss well so i wanted to take a second to say um that there are good examples of that and mm -hmm. one of them is sheriff tom dart i don't know if you're familiar with him but uh he was the sheriff of cook county in illinois um, in like 2010, I think it was basically after all of that shit happened with the banks and people were losing their homes and he was like, Hmm, eviction notices. No, mm-hmm. no, I'm not evicting people. And basically tied the courts up because he was like, well, I can't evict these people unless the banks can absolutely prove that their evictions and all of this paperwork is factual and verified. Mm hmm. And, of course, the banks, being the disasters that they were, couldn't get it to fucking gather. So he he postponed or delayed or completely got rid wow. of, like, 800 evictions. Wow. Because he was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this until I see the black and white. Mm-hmm. And we're going to fucking, we're going to take every single instance and we're going to scrutinize it to death. If this was a robotic signature, you're fucking done. We're throwing it out. Like, he just fought for those people. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing what every other fucking sheriff would have done, which is show up with a gun and be like, get the fuck out of your house. Right. And defending a big bank. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that it's important to mention that people which like is good, which Sheriff is weird Tom because, you know, like it can go both ways with the sheriff because sheriffs are elected. Right. 
So you're thinking, well, that makes sense because, you know, he was elected and, um, you know, by the people. So he's going to represent the people. But in small town south where the majority of the people elected you are racist. Right. The sheriff probably was in the KKK. Right. So, I mean, now you've got that kind of a corruption. And then look at the sheriff that was going to. It was hanging out with the terrorists that were going to abduct uh, the governor of Michigan. Right, yeah. And he's still the sheriff. It's just sad that we see so many examples of whenever sheriffs do deflect from their positions to side with the community, it's typically always in situations like that where they're doing something fucking nefarious or bad. Right. We very rarely hear about yes. people like Tom Dart right. who were like, hey, this is my community and I'm not about to make 800 families homeless right. to represent a fucking bank. That bank right. is, is bullshit. That bank can pack up and go back to wherever. You, mm-hmm. know, you know what I mean? Fuck them. We'll never have another one of their banks in our city again or our county again. Mm-hmm. But I'm not about to make 800 people homeless. Right. And I mean, really, what could they fucking do? And if I think, I think, I just wonder in a situation like that, what really would happen in the long term? You know, like you get this county and the sheriff says, no, absolutely not. We're not evicting these people. It's not happening. And so you get the local police forces on it too. So you don't have city cops. You don't have the sheriff. Nobody will evict these people. They're not fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. Then what do the banks do? Right. Do they appeal to the National Guard? Well, they Are can they call Prince and get a private um, Baldwin Feltz to go in and fucking throw them out of their house. I mean, I just, it, it almost, it makes me want to uh, find candidates running for sheriff like that and just be like, yeah, we need more of you. Right. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it, it just, not to sound like a, a fucking hippie, but it's just fucking money. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking well, 800 families were about to be made homeless by those evictions. That's remember, real fucking life. That's life or death. That's talking about a kid sleeping on the fucking sidewalk yeah. as mm-hmm. opposed to sleeping in his bed mm-hmm. or imaginary mo- imaginary numbers on a screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, who the fuck? I, I, I don't know. I, the sh- I, in my mind, the sheriff made the only decision that there was to make. Right. So it just blows my mind that in so many instances that people are just they completely turn their back on everything mm-hmm. that is logical and makes sense mm-hmm. or that should be ethical and moral mm-hmm. to them to just do what they're told. Right, like on the surface, like throwing people out of their homes, like evicting them over that scandal and, and you know, the housing scandal. Basically, that was a criminal act, you know, and them kicking people out of their homes was basically them profiting after they committed a criminal act. So in the larger sense, you know, he, he probably felt like he was justified under the law. I mean, there's been a lot of sheriffs that said that if, um, you know, Biden, for example, passes any kind of um, gun law that they feel is unconstitutional, that they will not enforce it in their county. They just won't enforce it because they say it's illegal. It's an illegal law. But my problem with that is then you get every individual trying to be judge and jury right i mean that's a dangerous place problematic i think we have to respect what you know the process of the courts is slow and cumbersome and error-filled as it is sometimes but like you're saying um you know like in regards we talked about this with immigrants like if immigrants come across the border are they here illegally yes but what's a greater crime for that person to die in the desert because somebody won't help them or someone helping them. Like, at some point, the law itself is 
amoral, just like slavery. There's a time when following the law is amoral, and you have to change the law. Um, so, but it's it's it has to be a pretty vast, you know. And I I'm not obvious. one to <laughs> I'm not one to obviously uh, endorse or try to to spread religious gospel at all because I myself am not religious. And I think that in America, um, you know, I was thinking a couple weeks ago, I was at a Narcotics Anonymous meeting that was taking place in a church, right? It was a beautiful church. They had it, they actually had it in a chapel. Like, usually it's just in, like, their little community extra room, but they were doing it in the chapel. So I was sitting in this chapel, and I was looking around at all the gorgeous, gorgeous woodwork and just red carpeting, and it's fucking beautiful. And then I turn around and there's a vase with red white and blue fake flowers in it and an american flag and i was just like gross how how have we mixed even religion and like your 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 you're supposed to be your your undying loyalty to your god master and creator and yet now we have mixed patriotism in for that i'm like man i went to the fucking vatican they didn't have no italian flags (laughs) you know hanging up in there because they keep it separate because God is number one to them. Country is second. God first, country second. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't do that here in this country. So it's like some of some relig- I guess my whole point is that some religious people that I have met who are truly, truly religious are not conservatives because they think of the teachings of Jesus as, you know, you're supposed to be helping other people and turn the other cheek. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they, they follow these and they, they don't spend their time hating other people for who they love or or thinking that somebody deserves to starve because they're not working hard enough. You know what I mean? They don't fucking have those beliefs. Well, that socialist version of Jesus was killed off in the Vietnam era. Right. But it's just like if those people who are religious, who Mm -hmm. actually have ethics and morals based in their religion and spread that through their lives, if more Americans had that, a commitment Mm -hmm. to having ethics and morals, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have this problem. Right. But sadly, um, I think some people do find that in religion. But we've also we also have corrupted religion in this country that has been for sure you know o- taken over by conservative groups and they they push a narrative that doesn't line up with their with their beliefs at all. Right. So America is lacking morals, ethics. Did I mean, you ever think two leftists would be sitting here on a podcast talking about how we need to follow Jesus more and be more moral? I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't believe in a magic sky, Daddy, but the 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 stories are there and I don't right. necessarily disagree with them. Right. And it's sad no, that for sure. so many people who claim to follow it don't right. at all, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that people used to have a strong tie to religion and churches. Right. And it's sad that it's been co-opted into political agendas that mm-hmm. do not align. Well, a lot of helping anti, each other at all. A lot of anti-war people and a lot of pro-labor people were um, Catholics. Right. Right. Big time. So I'm saying it just doesn't. That uh, was the whole. That was the whole. Um, you know, philosophy. Um, it was like, well, what would what what is what do we what is the church's position on this? Right. You know. And um, but you know, I think that there was a movement that said, well, we got to get rid of this whole anti-war, um, socialist, communist kind of Jesus. Idea. We got to get rid of that Jesus. Right. We got to have that Jesus that wants you to be rich. Right. I mean, if you're preaching that, you know, capitalist, we, we are all God's children. 
um, then how does that line up with we have to build a border and let those kids die of starvation or dehydration like because they're not American and it's like well if we're all God's children that doesn't you know shit doesn't line up bro um so yeah I mean they obviously had to attack that but America is 100 percent we are we are morally and ethically bankrupt and there isn't a lot of self-reflection um there's a whole lot of nationalism (laughs) there is a whole lot of nationalism got me about half red assed I had somebody tell me a couple of weeks ago, and I know, and I know he's kind of a, you know, backwards. When I say backwards, I mean kind of redneck person. Say, uh, well, if people want to come to this country; they should speak American. He literally said, "Speak American," and I said, "You know, American is not a language." And he like looked at me like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. This is stares and dumb redneck. I mean, like, <laughs> I understand because he was upset that people, even if people move here and they can speak English, if they choose not to when they're with their own like community, that's upsetting to him. And I don't get that. Like, I don't, I don't get that. I don't get it. Like, they can speak to you if they want to, but maybe they just don't want to. That's fine too. I swear to God, half the time when people like that even open their mouth, I just hear like a screeching sound. Like I don't even hear what they're saying. It's like a dial-up AOL tone. That's that's. I'm like, that's what you're fucking saying right now. That that may as well be what you're saying. You fucking literal noise vomit coming out of your mouth hole. Just go fucking stuff a Budweiser and a hot dog in there, so I don't get to hear that shit. Like I can't, I can't. Just just shut up. But don't do it on fucking Labor Day. Because it's not the 4th of July and it's not Memorial Day, you dick. It's fucking Labor Day. No more flags on Labor Day and let's got a fucking fist on it. Or a hammer and a sickle. (laughs) (laughs) Or Rosie the Riveter. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many. No more fucking flags on Memorial Day. And the next time somebody tells you that a flag is for Memorial Day, say, do you know how many laborers were actually murdered by the government? (laughs) But yeah. I like your coal mine cake, though. I might do that next year. Yeah, it's fucking so. gross. It's fucking it gross. Is. I think that all the time, too. And, you know, I know people have asked me, like, how can you be friends with people who, you know, voted for this or voted for that? And at times, that has been difficult for me. Um, because things get heated and you get emotional about things and you think, how can I have any kind of even civil conversation with someone who literally voted to take rights away from me? Um but at the end of the day, I guess I just, uh, I hate the game, not the player. You know, I think uh, those people are just victims of things they don't even understand. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They don't even understand what kind of what kind of propaganda they're wrapped up in, why they're voting for mm-hmm. they're just You know what I mean? It's just such a whole, I, basically, I just try to look at it like, you are working class and I am working class, and that is all I need to have in common with you right now. Right. In this country and the things that are most important to me, like healthcare and workers' rights, mm-hmm. y- you, might, you might not believe in abortion, and you might not believe in gay rights, and that fucking disgusts me. But at the end of the day, I need you to fight with me mm-hmm. for these things that are on the top of my list above everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fucking hard. Well, it that's is, hard. But, but it is, but it isn't. I'll tell you why. Because everybody knows somebody who can't afford a medication. Everybody knows right. somebody. I just need to st- start with you on yes. a core base level, and yes. I will work on the other shit as I slowly move you closer to sanity. But... If I can start with you on a ground level where you can see it happening mm-hmm. and be like, okay, 
Now you know mm. that I'm not lying to you because you are experiencing it. Now let me also tell you that these other things you've been told are also a lie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like you got to start somewhere. So I yeah. try, not let their, try not to let their fucking ignorance scare me off. Um, but it is fucking hard sometimes to just. I mean, you got to pick and choose your battles too because I would say focus on younger people who are in the same boat as you are. Don't bother with people who are ingrained in their ideas who are like my age or older you know, in their 50s, 60s, forget about it. They, they're, you know, when Oprah Winfrey said that there's some people that just got to die racist. Yeah. And people said, oh, she wants people to die. No, because yes, what she's yes, saying, what she's saying is nothing will ever change those people. They're just going to be a racist till they die. That's it. They're never going to let it go. Yeah. The left's got to stop doing that shit too. I was actually just thinking that over, uh, the death of Queen Elizabeth, all these people on Facebook, um, so many people on the left, Democrats, you know, whatever. I haven't seen any conservative people say shit about it, probably because they just don't give a shit. They're like, ain't no bald eagles involved. We ain't interested. So, no, they people, love the queen now. All these people on the left are like uh, bashing the queen and celebrating her death and, 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 and whatever. That's fine. But they're ragging on people who are mourning her. And I'm like, listen, this is where you guys need to get off your elitist fucking horse. For okay. Real. Because. For real. You know, I can think of one person in particular who I know is mourning the loss of the queen, and that would be my grandmother. And I haven't spoken to her, but I know she's mourning it because she loves England, and the queen is an icon. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm not going to shit on her for, for mourning that just because in her ignorance she isn't aware of the mm-hmm. atrocities that were committed under, under Queen Elizabeth. But why did America mourn Princess Diana? She was royalty. I don't know. You know why? Here's what happened. I'm going to break it down for you in five seconds. But I, I guess my point is, is that if you want to stay on that horse, maybe you could just chill the fuck out and say to someone, hey, like I get that you're mourning the loss of an icon because of your love or, or you know, compassion for this country. But you should also take this moment to notice that um, while she is a figurehead, she also did a lot of really horrible things. Like you can educate people without being a fucking dick all the time. Right. You know, you don't have to take somebody when they're like, man, I'm really sad about this. And then shit on them while they feel mm. upset about something. You, you could just be like, hey, I get why you feel that way. Because she right. was an icon. But here's reasons why you shouldn't make her into a savior when she right. actually did really bad things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like stop being dicks. Right. Stop taking the opportunity to be compassionate and empathetic and educate someone rather than just be a fucking dick because you're going to make fun of them for mourning the queen and then they're just going to fucking hate you. And again, we are further divided. Well, this is a whole spinoff of the whole Harry and Meghan thing because Harry and Meghan split from the royal family and everybody in America now, because we're so divided, had to figure out whose side should we be on. Well, Fox News took the side of the royal family because they're institution and because Meghan's black. Sorry, but that's why they fucking did it. Um, and we're like, oh, well, Megan's saying all these horrible things on Oprah about the queen, and it's just horrible, and it's just, look how she's disgraced, and you just don't put your laundry out there, all this bunch of bullshit. So Fox took the anti-Harry and Megan path, and all the right wing hated on Harry and Megan and loved on the royal family, which they had no interest in before, <laughs> yeah. zero interest in the royal family before. But now, because they were hating on Megan, they had to, that just diametrically opposed them to love the queen. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to give the wrong impression there because obviously I have no, I have no love for the royal family and they're, you know, rich billionaire fucks 
that that I hate no different than corporations. You know what I mean? They were, I was just reading about how they're uh, gonna invo- they're gonna avoid that inheritance tax on their seven hundred and fifty mm-hmm. billion dollar inheritance. Who um, is? What's his name? Prince uh, William Harry Charles. Charles, Charles is Charles. yeah. Or is he King Charles now? He's, He's King, King Charles, Charles now. now. Yeah. yeah. So he won't have to pay any inheritance tax on any of that. But neither will any of the kids. They don't have to pay. They don't have to pay. I was just reading it before we got on here briefly. And I was like, man, that's fucking bullshit. But you know what I mean? I have no love for them. I'm not. But I'm not going to celebrate the, the death of her either just because, you know, I know there are people who just see it as an icon and don't understand why she, she was a problem. You know? I mean, it's just. I just don't see the point of kicking other people when they're upset about something. When you could just be like, take it as an opportunity to educate them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, there was a time when they used to say the sun never set on the British Empire. I right, mean, colonialism you- is fucking bad, okay? Let's just say that. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, maybe just maybe you could just say that. You don't gotta right. be like, you're fucking dumb for mourning the queen. You're fucking stupid. It's like, yeah. no, maybe you could just be like, but hey, what's funny is, is though, look at conservatives. Okay, conservatives are all about the founding fathers, and we threw off the tyranny of England, right? They're all hating on tyranny, and this is the whole right wing is hating on th- And it took one fucking black woman to turn <laughs> them in love with the queen. That's what kills we me. We love them, right? You're kids. so committed to hating monarchy and being like, we're America. We, we defeated the British so we could be our own country and be all about, you know, balls out about hating England being like we threw off the English tyranny and then one black woman <laughs> one black woman makes you love the monarchy that that's <laughs> pathetic you really are like no commitment <laughs> no spine no moral compass whatsoever oh dude I think that all the time about the conservative party especially since so many of those ultra right-wing conservatives have um you know, crossed over into fascism and, like, different Nazi groups, white supremacy groups. And I'm just like, aw, nah. Like, <laughs> my grandpappy did not fight in World War Two, Killing some Nazis. Killing Nazis for you ungrateful motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. I love that picture of um, World War Two soldiers. Um standing and they're like i don't know if they're standing over bodies or something but it's war it's a bunch of world war ii soldiers in germany and it says uh an actual photo of my grandfather being a part of antifa yeah right <laughs> and i'm like yeah i don't fuck when who whoever thought that uh a political party in america would be like we're the anti anti-fascists it's like what the fuck are you talking about so you're a fascist you're You're a fucking fascist what the fuck self-proclaimed too i just Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know (laughs) fucking know yeah yep yep oh but anyways that all you have for us mick yes i think that was a good coming back from the from the dark void our absence yeah we'll hopefully be back uh we're gonna try to get some video up for you guys too so you can see uh our ridiculous fucking facial expressions <laughs> i mean at least it'd be entertaining like if you get tired of listening to our bullshit just turn the sound off and you'll be like look at these two chimps, <laughs> chimps. <laughs> all right well this is juke signing off and this is mick signing off <laughs>